This is a program about going deeper. It's about creating a culture of learning. It's about putting apostolic feet to prophetic hope. It is our mission to purposefully equip the world to transform their region with God's love. We want to create an atmosphere of divine influence to the nations by walking in the power of His Holy Spirit with a faith that shapes the future. Welcome to Eagle Mountain Radio. Hey everybody, welcome to Eagle Mountain Radio. My name is Chris and I'll be hosting this podcast today here in our studio. I've got Veronique and Bobby and Becky. I'm pumped you guys are here. Yes. We're doing it this episode. Yes. Super exciting. Okay. What color are you feeling today? Ooh. How about that? Wow. That's a good question. Yeah, come on. Rainbow. <laughs> oh man, that's, that's kind of like cheating. That is completely, yes. that's not I know, fair. I can't help it. I feel, I feel blue, but not blue as in sad. I feel blue like the, a beautiful clear sky kind of blue. Nice. Oh, that's what I'm feeling. And that's funny to me. Wow. Wow. Yeah. wow. Okay, Bobby, like top that. Background. Yeah. Red. Top that. I'm yeah. feeling in your face, intense. Oh my Don't goodness. Oh. Absolutely. I Come can. on. Let's yeah. go. Yeah. Blue. I'm feeling blue. So not sad blue, but uh, revelatory blue. Oh, there you nice. go. I'm feeling like steel gray, like resolute, like we're gonna, we're not gonna bend. Nice. That's great. So we're, uh, yeah, yeah. there colorful. you go. There's the message. Come on. Thanks and for joining. Yes, you're welcome. Joining. Appreciate it. <laughs> I love yes. it. That's good. That's good. Now, today we were just talking in the pre-show about, you know, different topics, things like this. And um, we got into this, this a little bit of a discussion before we started. And we needed to just hit record because I think some of it was so awesome. But um, the differences between leadership and development. So this is from the context of you're leading someone else. Now it doesn't have to be a big organization. It could literally be your family, um, but in a leadership capacity, what are the differences between leadership and development of the people that you have influence over? And I'd love to just dig in, you know, at the high level, what do you guys, like what, when someone says leadership, like what immediately comes to mind versus when someone says development of people, like person development, what, what comes to mind? So I think that um, leading people versus development is development seems very hands-on. It seems very um, step-by-step training, almost like the difference when Paul said, you have 10,000 teachers, but not many fathers. And so development takes it from the surface, I'm leading you, to I'm developing, I'm with you. We're doing this together. Sort of the see one, teach one, do one, right? I, you're going to watch me while I do, then we're going to do it together, and then I'm going to watch while you do. And there's this sense of um, doing things together, mm-hmm. development. Uh, leading, there's a place for leaders, there's a place for teachers, there's a place for sort of the pulpit where I, you know, I've got a large platform, but just to be clear, that's different than developing. Mm, that's really good. Yeah, come on. I, uh, instantly, I went to the dark room uh, that I shared with you guys earlier in terms of um, processing photographs. You go to the dark room. There's so much, even in that, you know, you're in a dark room. You're by yourself. You, the lights are, it's a controlled environment. Um, and in order to bring the goodness out of the pictures that need to be developed, you use chemicals in varying amounts. And it changes from concept to concept. 
so when you said leadership versus development, my mind went to um, someone who oversees things, let's say a school board, right? So you have the people who tell you what curriculum to use, and then the teachers will go one by one, the teacher will know each student and know how each student responds to specific ways of being taught, then take that curriculum and teach that child and that child and that child. So development to me is not necessarily um, teaching a whole bunch of things, but it's connecting with the people the way they learn in order for them to get it. Wow, come on, come on. Becky, I know you've got some power wisdom that's just about to come out. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, hmm, which one am I? How, what do I do and in, in, in what level do I do it? And, uh, you know, and I was thinking about the Lord and the Lord is my leader, but he also develops me. So there's a both and. So really it's coming down to the both and and understanding what I'm hearing you know, even Bobby, you, you sharing is um, there's a both and. So there's there's moments where your leadership. Thank you. <laughs> he just walked in. For those of you who aren't uh, watching, no, they, no, he just walked in. Thank no, you. We they, needed they, water. We, we get it just water. right, so no one knew. It was, yeah. it was secret. So you. It was secret. Yeah. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so um, so there are moments where. Um, you know, there's the leader Jesus who like, uh, you know, to the centurion, the centurion said, Hey, I don't need, you're not developing me. You're leading me. And I, I am submitting to your leadership to say the word that my, uh, my guy is going to be healed. And that's all I need. Mm. And that, that leadership diagnosis that he was going to be healed was done. Um, but that centurion wasn't looking for Jesus to develop him into the point where he could believe that at all. He already believed it. Uh, but then there's the developing Jesus who um, developed his disciples and then um, it charged them to be both leader and developer. And so uh, the question comes into my mind. First off, is there, uh, Chris, is there a certain core identity since you're the, um, the guy on core identity, uh, which by the way, we've got a core identity relationship uh, course that is absolutely yes, it's amazing. good. I think this it's pretty good. I'm, this is what I'm referencing. But is there, you know, when it comes to the terms of leader versus developer, is there a uh, core identity that lends itself best to each of those roles? Yeah, I think, I think um, any uh, core identity blend um, can do a good job of leadership. I think the trick is, is can the leader understand the core identity makeup of the person they're leading? Because that's actually the most important. So if someone is um, a high driver, you need to lead them differently than if they're a high stabilizer. So just from a natural kind of who ends up in leadership positions, 
which is not what you ask, yeah. but who ends up in leadership positions are typically driver influencer or influencer driver people. If you don't know what this is, you can, you can check out the thing that Becky's referencing, but think of driver influencer as a person who like always gets things done and is very relational. And an influencer driver is someone that's relational first, but really pushes things forward. Those are the people that typically end up in the CEO seat. Does not mean they are good at developing, to your point, Bobby. Um, and, and this is where I think the chasm between leadership and development is. Because often, especially when the, one, when the people are driver first and then influencer, they're often not very naturally gifted at developing. They're naturally good at leading. They're naturally good at creating directives and ensuring that every single person is moving along. And it can appear from the outside as really incredible leadership because they're actually very good at identifying, okay, this is the puzzle piece you are. This is the puzzle piece you are. This is the puzzle piece you are. So they're really good at identifying gifts and exploiting them in a good way most of the time. But that's not developing. That's just identifying how people, what they're good at, how they work together, how to function together, all wonderful, all valuable, but it's different than developing, way different than developing. Um, so I think we should dig into developing. And what is that? And I'd love to just um, start that topic by talking for one second about servant leadership. Servant leadership is the like quintessential buzzword in Christian leadership, books, seminars, and you know, documentation of, I think, probably the last 20 years. It's just like this buzzword of servant leadership. Like, that's real leadership. And I feel like most people, what they think that means is instead of leading or developing, is to simply do all the jobs and do them um, thanklessly and without complaining and, um, you know, put in 90 hours a week and just do everything in a, with a servant's heart. And I do feel like um, there's a place for stepping in and doing whatever's required, but that's not actually leadership at all. That's just uh, doing everything. It's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. And actually, it's the opposite of leadership, in my opinion, because it completely is void. And so I wanted to start with it, mm. of what you're talking about with developing. The do it for someone in the, um, under the title of servant leadership, and I'm just going to do it for you so you don't have to do it, completely removes the development piece out. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It looks like it's harder, but it's actually easier most of the time than developing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Maybe you earlier, I think it was pre-show, you gave the example of the manager stepping in with the, and listen, I feel like you dogged on scrunchies. <laughs> scrunchies <laughs> do not need dogging on. They are like the best creation right. since sliced bread. I so second that. That I being said, that. Chris, <laughs> I'm not sure what to say to that. But can you, I don't know if you remember what you said about that, and I just felt like that was really, really good. Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah, sorry for the uh, scrunchy <laughs> remark. Um, so the picture that I get sometimes is, and I've been in grocery lines where it stood out to me. And I always ask the Lord when it happens, what are you trying to say? And it's that moment you're in a grocery line. Sure enough, uh, a teller ha needs an override or has made a mistake and the, and the, um, the uh, cash register is locked up or whatever. And so they call for a manager, right? They get on the manager aisle two, manager aisle two, please. And, uh, or register to, and um, here comes that manager. They've got the full scrunchie 
with the one key. And you know that key is super important because there's only one. It is the key to life. Yeah, and probably nobody else has that key. It's the one. And it fits the register and it unlocks what is needed. And so here they come. They put the key in. The scrunchie fits from the arm all the way down. They turn the key. They type in something quicker than anybody could ever imagine or see. It unlocks what's needed, and they walk away. And you can tell the employee is just like, gosh, one day when I get a scrunchie and a key, I'm going to have full authority just like that. And they didn't develop them. They just walked away, and I get it, maybe in the moment, because there was 27 people in line, that that's what needed to be done. But those are the moments when the Lord speaks to me. That's the difference between leadership and development. And you, the last comment that you made earlier that I remember went something like this, if I get it wrong, correct me, went something like, it leaves them always dependent on the manager to save them again. And that's what stood out to me, because... Like we say, if we're going to develop someone, we're going to give them the skills to fix the problem with as much, like, finesse yeah. as what they did with that, you know, superhero scrunchie. Yeah. So I felt that was a really great visual that you left in my mind. So thanks for that. It would have taken another couple of seconds just to go, here's my key. I'm going to unlock it for you. Now you do this. Yeah. And instead, it does. It leaves us dependent on people in a way that doesn't develop us. Yeah. So, so there are times, though, that I think it's, it's fitting to, um, you know, recognize, you know, the plane is crashing. Mm-hmm. That's not a time you're going to develop somebody. Exactly. You know, the, the plane is on, on the way, way down. down. Wait, come over honey, here. How do you feel yeah. about the plane crashing? <laughs> right. Um, so, and let me step by step. No, that's right. not going to happen. So I think, too, as, as leaders are maturing, uh, they're, they're being prompted by the Lord to know when is the right time for what. And, uh, and, but one thing that pilots do have, um, and a lot of people I think should have, mm-hmm. are what's considered AARs, after action reviews. Yes. And wow. that's, that's when the development the developing comes into play. Yeah. Uh, so you, it's not, not just leaving that situation so uh, without learning from it. it there's, there's the after action review that can be that moment of development mm. in a person's life. So yeah. if we don't have this Absolutely. in ministry, if we don't have this in your organizations, start after action reviews. Can I add something? Um, when you started with servant leadership, um, one of the things that I felt like is really important as well, right up there is the humility to learn under someone else. Because you can have leaders and you can have developers, but unless the person who is going to be acquiring the skill is prepared to learn Mm -hmm. from this person, however that looks, um, the lessons are not going to be complete. Oh, yeah. And it's not going to be true training. Yeah. And I felt like, you know, when we're talking about the till, the cash register, you're like, yeah, sure, show me. But when we're talking about heart issues, which is ultimately what this comes down to, those are a little less 
you, you give your sure, show me a little less freely, right? Because those hurt. Those can sometimes, um, or most times, uh, leave you feeling like, what the heck? I don't care about your dang key. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's the humility to learn that yeah. I feel bringing into this. I think that there's a couple components, right? Like you, you're bringing up some. So, so one is the leader has to be, um, they have to have to have purposely thought and known in advance, I'm going to create an opportunity for learning. So if you don't do that, if you're always just, everything's just happening, the opportunities aren't going to prevent themselves frequent enough to really develop someone. I mean, maybe they will, but probably not. You have to actually, in advance, decide, okay, I'm carving out this time to invest in this person, actually develop them into what God has called them to be. So you have to have purposeful, you have to use all of the unexpected things, and that's what you're talking about. You're reviewing what happened after the fact, right? Like after, wow, we didn't know this was going to go sideways. We didn't know that we were almost going to crash this plane. But since that happened, I'm not going to let that go and just, I'm going to actually use that as a teaching moment. So where this comes out most is when the person that's being developed makes mistakes. So that's when you, you, after the fact, you, maybe you need to shove them off the pilot seat and actually stop the plane from crashing. But then you don't just, you know, say, good thing I saved everyone. You then use that as an opportunity. And then what you're talking about is critically important. None of the other stuff will work if the person can't receive the teaching yeah. and actually hear it. Yeah. And so it's a, there's multiple critical things or the, the formula won't work. Yeah. Totally. Uh, we just, uh, there was a, a summit that we were a part of, and one of the um, polling questions that uh, we asked was, uh, you know, as you're um, operating in, in what you feel God's called you to do and be about um, how, you know, what, what do you feel you still need? You know, where are you? And we kind of just, it was like, you know, I, I feel like I'm fully equipped or I feel like I need more, um, I need more training and, and equipping. And off of that, you know, um, scale, most of the people felt like they did not, they were not equipped enough. Right. They did not have enough information. They did not have enough training. They did not feel confident in uh, performing what they felt they were called to do. And, uh, and that was really telling. That was really fascinating because, you know, we, we think there's all this equipping out there. There's all this training out there. But there's this disconnect in what is out there and what we feel, we as individuals feel is... Um, how to apply it, right. and um, we feel is is applicable to us mm -hmm. specifically for what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, one of the things that I've learned uh, when I'm going to begin in training and developing a person, I will ask them, "What is your learning style?" Because I want to, and and it goes back to the core identity too, uh, because I want to help to bring about development based on their learning style. I don't want it to be limiting because I might have a different learning style than them. And I have actually heard 
over and over and over again, you know, uh, feedback from people in uh, where they're, they're like, I just, I couldn't get it. And it was like, well, why couldn't you get it? Why didn't you understand that? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it was, it was done this way, or it was said this way, or it was just spoken so fast, and, it, and the, I didn't get to put my hands on it, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. And it, it all went back to, okay, did that developer or that leader who's into the developing side of you talk with you about that yet? So, um, so I yeah. feel like that's a really big yeah, piece that, too. That it, what you're hitting on is having a, a real understanding of who you're leading, Yeah. right? Like there's some people that are going to learn like this. Okay, um, we're going to do this thing, but I, I need you to just trust me. Here, let's do it. Mm-hmm. And you literally not even telling them totally what they're doing. And they're going to get on the bike and then, and then they're going to fall and then they're going to learn. And then there's other people that you say, okay, what the ultimate objective here is to learn how to ride a unicycle. So here's a 200 page book on how to ride a unicycle. Um, read this first. We don't even have a unicycle yet. Read this first. And then uh, after that study, then we'll talk about which unicycle and what style to get. Like there's radically different learning styles. But if you're a leader that doesn't understand who you're leading, you don't know who they are, you're going to often, you're not often, you'll almost always apply the wrong learning style because people are different, radically different. So when Becky started talking, um, one of the things I was going to say was you have to trust as the person who's learning that the person who's teaching you is has your best interest at heart Mm -hmm. and is going to want to pull the gold out of you more than anything else so however much else you're feeling sadness or frustration or anger or whatever you're feeling going through that lesson to know that this person has your back yeah helps Right? Totally. It's like the wax on, wax off. Like, I know this about you. I know you can do this. I know right now you feel like you failed and you've done it a hundred times. But I promise you, of what I know about you, you keep going and you will get it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's also a good key. Yeah, that is good. I think in developing and discipling people, bringing them along, um... When the Bible talks about warfare and it talks about spiritual warfare and we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against powers and principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places, that word wrestle there means to be super close. It's something that you do hands on Mm -hmm. and not from a distance. You don't phone in your warfare. Excuse me. And you don't phone in your development either of someone. It's something that is right there. And so I love the conversation because we're talking about when leadership works, when you just come in and you take care of a, an issue that needs to be taken care of. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a moment where it just needs some leadership, whether it's a word or the cash register key or the planes going down or, or whatever. And then there's the development side um, that maybe comes after that in the after action review and or um, all of that. The development to me um, is also part of the um, 
when I think of development, I think of letting failure be a part of the scenario. Like you can't set up a development program for somebody without understanding, I'm going to give them a ton of time to fail. Sometimes in leadership, you don't have time to do that. There's not time to develop the person and written into the scenario isn't you can fail on my stage. And so when you're trying to develop someone, if you haven't written in, this is okay to do wrongly, then you've set them up for failure. Mm. And you're not developing them. You may be leading them, but you're not developing. Mm. Developing means that you've written in to whatever you're doing, the need mm. for this to not work 100%. If that's not the case and you need this to work 100% whatever you're doing, then have the best of your best of your best guys there, but don't call it development. Just know the scenario, know the situation, and adjust your expectation. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think it's such a great example. So so let's just make this super simple. Let's say you're teaching someone, they'd never played tennis before, you're teaching them how to serve. It is not possible, I don't think it's possible, to explain with enough detail someone how to serve the tennis ball. Like you could, you could take a four-year master's, a six-year master's degree program on how to serve, and until you pick up the tennis racket, you know everything. You know about the string weight, you know everything. I guarantee you, you're not going to be able to serve it. You're not even, not even remotely in any way. You are absolutely have to fail hundreds, potentially thousands of times before you can actually, not potentially, you actually have to fail at serving thousands of times before you can serve consistently well. It's just a fact. And no one would even think that's weird when you're learning how to serve a tennis ball for the first time. I have a doctorate in, in tennis serving. Well, have you ever hit the ball? No. Well, then you're going to suck, okay? I don't care if you have a doctorate in tennis ball serving. It just isn't going to work. But when we look at a lot of these other areas, we expect that we can do it without the grace to serve poorly for a while. Mm. And I think that we do each other a disservice because once you step down that path, then most people, um, it's a totally different issue, but most people will take those failures that are very reasonable and actually a requirement of learning, but they'll take them and adopt them as their identity, and they'll be like, well, I guess I'm just not cut out for fill in the blank, because mm -hmm. I, I served like three times and they all sucked. Yes. And after all, I've, I've got a doctorate in tennis ball serving, so like it's just, it's ridiculous, but that's what we do with a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's the absence of the development that I think you're talking about. Yeah, that's super good. I think when we approach development or discipleship, um, it's easy to approach that. I've heard people say, and these are top you know, CEOs around the world and those who do leadership and team development, they say, you know, of all the people that we go to, uh, businesses, Fortune 100s, Fortune 500s, um, all kinds of people in every sphere of society, the church is the only organization that doesn't have an R&D department. Well, describe what R&D means. Research and development. Yeah, research and development, meaning that we don't have a grid for failure. We don't have a grid that something's going to take a long time to research and develop before it's actually um, ready to go to market. 
before it's actually a product that we're proud of and a product that's sustainable, that's going to go to the masses and be worked through because we've worked it through for years and all of those things. And so um, it's super easy just to come in and think what you said. I'm going to uh, read a book on learning to uh, cast out demons and I guess I'm golden now. And so, um, except when you first meet, you know, that first demonic force um, and it doesn't go exactly how you teed it up, something changes. And so, um, and we walk away shame-filled because um, we feel like, okay, I'll never put myself in that position again. When in R&D or in science or in medicine, everybody knows we're literally practicing. That's why they call practicing medicine. That's why I don't get freaked out when my doctor uh, tries to create a diagnosis. I'm like, I get it. I appreciate you going there, but you're practicing. I love the medical field, but you're literally practicing. And in medicine, that's okay. Uh, some, maybe not always to some people. In science, it's okay. But sometimes in the church, we're practicing law. They call it practicing. Exactly. Um, but we can't do it in the, Bible, uh, in the church, except where Hebrews 5 and 6 says, you've learned to discern by reason of use, which the word for reason mm -hmm. of use means practicing. And so you can't get better without practicing. That works for healing the sick, uh, preaching the gospel, loving people well, family. It works for every sphere of society. Mm. So good. Question. Um, if you had to look back over your life, individual question, everyone, look back over your life, weigh up the environment you grew up in, and tell me, did you have a safe environment to fail? And whatever environment you had, how did that change your makeup as, a, as an individual? We were talking earlier about how these failures have caused social anxieties in people, um, just anxieties in general, a whole, like it changes our makeup, which then causes people to label us. And you know what? Sometimes we've labeled ourselves. But I feel that's worth, that's worth a question. Earlier when you were talking, Bobby, about failure, um, I felt someone ask the question, wait a second, are you telling me it's okay to fail? With absolute, like, aghast, like, oh, really? That's ridiculous. No, no, that is exactly what we're saying. You have permission to fail. You have permission to try again. And the damage that has happened in your body from you dogging on yourself every time you failed, you have permission to heal from. So I just release that healing to you now. And I ask, Lord, could you please send someone to the person or the people who felt that ricochet on the inside of them to help them walk this out? Because like Bobby was saying, it's not a, I'm going to get this done now and then boom, here I, I, I've succeeded 100%. This is going to take time to walk out of and you're going to need to fail a lot. Wow. Let that failure be your, part of your success story. If you're a leader and you haven't learned how to jump into the development side of people and create a safe environment for people, let's just take Veronique's words right now, which are straight from heaven, 
and just take a moment to ask the Lord, Lord, I am a leader, but teach me how to develop people. Mm. And teach me how to create into their development a grid for failure. And if I haven't provided an atmosphere where failure was an option, then I'm not only frustrating myself, but I haven't discerned the difference between leading and developing. Mm. And I want to develop people. And it might be worth it to go to people and just go, you know, I'm not sure that I've given you an atmosphere to fail in. I'm not sure that there's an R&D in my grid for you. And I want to give you an atmosphere. I say it often around here, and and, uh, sometimes it bites me. But in development, you have to be willing to go there. And that is, you can fail on my stage any day of the week. And that is, I have to go there. Mm. If not, I will find myself always doing everything. Mm. And that is just indicative of fear. And so there are times, as we talked about today, to be the one with the answer. That's what good leadership does. But that's not always development. Having a grid for failure and creating an atmosphere that you're not afraid of people's failure is paramount to developing. In Timothy, uh, there's a scripture in Timothy 4 that that is uh, really, I think, powerful. And uh, I'm just going to read the second part of it. It says, uh, be engaged in the training of truth that brings righteousness. And uh, a leader, um, I believe, you know, a lot of it is, is training. You know, there's tra- that's what Jesus did. He, he led, but he also trained. And that's the developing component of it. Um, but anyway, be engaged in the training of truth that brings Righteousness. High levels of trust and relationship uh, are necessary for the the people of God to uh, to trust the leaders that God has given over. But it's not trusting in the leaders; it's trusting in God mm-hmm. that those that He has given to lead over you will be submitted to His lordship. Mm-hmm. But in it, their charge is to train you in what Timothy says, in truth that brings righteousness. Mm. So there's, you know, do we trust the leaders, God? Do we trust God? Do we trust God that he has gifted us leaders? Do we trust that he will deal with his leaders? Mm. And as leaders, do we trust that he has given us uh, that role and he is confident in us, in that role. And it does say at the end of the age, um, at the end of days, that there will be, there, there's going to be a falling away. It also says that there will be, you know, it's uh, part of the scripture, and I can't remember if Bobby or somebody else here probably knows, where um, you know you're toward the end of the age by these things that are happening. And one of them is, um, you know, children are, uh, disobedient to parents. And, uh, you know, that's, I listen to that. We, have, we haven't seen that happen anywhere. We, no, we recently. haven't seen that anywhere. No. <laughs> but I see that as leaders. I see that as like, you know, um, it's, it's again, 
People are doing, uh, they're defunding. Bobby mentioned this on, on uh, Sunday uh, in a message. You know, there's this uh, defunding of uh, police, you know, of law enforcement. But really, how many people have been experiencing the defunding of those uh, spiritual leaders that God has given charge over us and um, they'll they'll defund them in a few different ways number one financially we'll keep them poor until they do what we tell them we want done or we just will cut off and cancel all type of um, financial you know blessing to the Lord uh, through that church so we can get them out and and how many churches have actually shut their doors or have had to find other ways of, you know, financially um, being solvent because of this. And then the other way is we will um, we will no longer regard their instruction of truth mm -hmm. uh, because the righteousness that we are we want what's right in our eyes, not the righteousness of God. And that can come very subtly. And so, you know, if we're, we're talking about, you know, leaders needing to have both of those roles of, of leading and developing, but as a people of God, mm. are we willing to be led? Are we willing to be developed mm. by the Lord through those he's given charge over us? And I, you know, Rick Joyner is one of my leaders. And Rick... Rick instructs me, Rick leads me in, in, in both ways. He leads and he develops. But his developing of me is not a one-on-one face-to-face. It's not having a meeting with me. His developing of me is um, as I listen to his instruction, as I'm listening to the messages that he is sharing, or I'm reading the books that he is writing, or the articles that he's writing, um, that's my development. And the biggest responsibility I have on me is to initiate that. Mm. So many times I've had people like, well, we're leaving the church. And, uh, and I'm like, why are you leaving? And it's like, because you didn't sit right next to me and you didn't brush my hair. You didn't nurture me. You didn't develop me in the ways I expected to be developed. Um, and so I'm out of here. And I, you know, at first I would take that as like, I failed. I have totally failed as a leader. I've totally failed as a developer. But over time, the leaders in my life who developed me uh, have helped me through this. And the Lord has helped me through this because, uh, you know, the expectation and the need that they were desiring to have me fill mm. was beyond the scope of what the Lord had aligned yeah. for me to do. He, and if I would have done that, if I would have, you know, and I, what I mean by like sit right next to me and brush my hair is be with me every moment of every day that I determine that I need you. Mm -hmm. Be available and be uh, within five minutes, you should call me back within, you know, like specifics like that meet with me every, every day or every week or every month. And you should be 
pouring into me, but if I don't like what you say, I will reject it, but you better say things that I like. That's the type of sit next to me that I'm, mm. I'm referring to. Mm. And the, the Lord really did in, assure me uh, in that time by saying to me, and he does this often, um, your response is, I'm sorry I couldn't meet your need. Mm. But it wasn't a need that I was supposed to meet. Mm. That was a need that the Lord mm. in your relationship with him would fulfill. Mm. My role in your life is a little different. And, wow. and here's, this, here's what I can, I, I can do. Mm. But I can't go beyond that. That's so healthy. Beck, that's awesome. And you can see the, um, the lack of that healthy leadership and development show up in society. Um, there's a few ways that uh, when you see people who um, have social anxieties maybe or um, they're just not confident in themselves, um, my thought is, gosh, who was speaking into your life? Who was developing you um, when it counted? you know, at the formative years. And God's so redemptive. He'll bring someone into our lives to help us. And gosh, we should always have someone like that, no matter how old we are, um, because we're always developing into new areas. It wasn't just, oh, I just needed them between zero and nine years old. You always need someone in your life who's willing to just roll up the sleeves and develop. And we always uh, need to remember that we're qualified to be that for someone else. Mm -hmm. um, and by the way, developers don't have to to be perfect themselves. Mm -hmm. um, they're okay with not. That's what makes them developers. Uh, the, the, I love the proverb that says, where the oxen is, the manger is messy. Mm -hmm. And so just give yourself permission to be messy. But then it goes on to say, comma, but much work gets done. And so um, let's, there's work to be done in the kingdom and let's be okay with it being messy and let's be okay in developing people and allowing people to develop us. And also that whole disobedience to parent thing, I've never seen that as like for on the spiritual side of things. I've always just seen that as, wow, that's strange that you would put disobedient to parents with like lover of selves, lover of money, murderers, adulterers. How did disobedient to parents make it into that list at the end of the age when all kinds of things are going on. And now I see even more, Becky, the relevance of that. So um, it's super important that that goes along with the verse in Revelation, woe to those who are nursing babes, you know, when tribulation hits at the end of the age. Uh, and that's about immature people as well. So I would say, make sure that as a developer, you're letting people fail. And then also as a people, make sure that you have a grid for leaders who can fail in front of you. Uh, if you don't have a leader who can fail in front of you and you're still wounded over that one time, uh, three, five, ten years ago when that leader fail in front of you, then you're probably not setting yourself up for development. You're probably putting a cocoon around yourself where you can only be led but not developed. And here's how it works. Uh, I, I know this uh, to Coin, coin Veronique, this may sting a, a bit, um, but it's how the kingdom works. Even the ones who told you and taught you what not to do still get credit for your development. Yeah. That's how it works in the kingdom. Chapter and verse, Bobby, the Bible says mm -hmm. that the Old Testament was given as an example for us upon whom the ends of the age mm -hmm. have come. 
So all of the Old Testament and all of what not to do that God didn't keep out from the Bible, from you and me, uh, the, the, the occasions where his leaders failed. Notice all of that still in the Bible. If a God wanted to show you how to be perfect, he would have kept those things out of the book. But he didn't because leaders can fail. Every David actually needs a soul for his development. And so who is that person in your life and are you thanking them? I thank God for all the Smith Wigglesworths and all those who taught me what to do. But I've learned to thank God for those who've taught me what not to do. If not, we reduce ourselves into blaming and victim and we actually cut out um, most of, of our teaching. Most of uh, the Old Testament is what not to do. Can you imagine just throwing that out? Mm. You would cut out probably 60% of your learning. Yeah. And so it's super important to have a great attitude to, toward those who are teaching you what not to do. Yeah, man, that's so good. And I feel like I just want to mention something too. Um, I don't want you to get the, the idea that, that we're saying that um, this other kind of leadership is not appropriate and not needed and not important. Um, the more, what people normally think of leadership, they normally think of um, kind of this casting vision and helping people all understand where we're going and, and all of that. And that is not the opposite of development. Um, right. And a, a leader that does, that is focused on development and not focused on it, a leader that is appropriately leveraging um, development in their leadership um, is not ignoring the other. It's just that too often, people in leadership positions are polarized because of how they were led, because of the situation at hand, because of staffing issues, budget issues. It doesn't matter. There's always issues. Um, there's no such thing as leadership without uh, issues surrounding it. Like, that's why a leader is needed is because there's issues, right? So these things are all important. Um, and we're just, what we're talking about today is what's very often overlooked is the critical importance of actually stepping into and pouring into the people that you're leading in a development capacity. But I love what you said, Becky. It is to no avail, no fruit will come from it if you as a leader or as someone that is following a leader are not in the right mind space of taking ownership of your part of the equation. Because yeah. if you don't do that um, for your leader or as someone serving uh, a leader, the leader is going, going to have no success. Like it's not possible. You can't impose, right? And the Lord doesn't do that to us. Mm -hmm. The Lord does not impose himself on us. He's not uh, uh, pushing us into submission. Um, he is gracious with us and he wants us to follow his lead, but he doesn't force us to do it and neither should you as a leader. So I just feel like it's important to mention that. Um, it's not that leading, casting vision, standing atop a platform and helping everyone, you know, understand where we're going and why it's important and all of that is not critically important also because it, it is. It's just that's the part that's normally seen. So that's the part that's normally em emulated. Yeah. And it's, it's, the, it's the hard part of actually taking the time to understand someone, how they learn, pouring into them, helping them see what they need to do to grow or, or how they can step into the way that God made them. That's the hard work it's all hard, but that's the hard work that's far too often overlooked. And so, I don't know. I'm, I'm very excited about it. Bobby, I would love it. We're, we're out of time now, but I would love it if you would pray over um, people in, in kind of two scenarios. One is they're in a leadership position 
And they're feeling like, wow, this really is kind of applying to me in a few ways. And then uh, the other people that are in a position where someone's leading them and maybe it's kind of like what Becky was talking about, maybe they're kind of giving the leader a hard time by not really playing that role well. And I think that'd be an awesome way to end. Yeah. Well, Lord, um, we thank you for your leadership in our lives. Yes. And the things that you do and the things that you walk us through, you said, though you walk through the fire, I will be with you. Um, Lord, we just have to say right now, we love your leadership in our lives. Sometimes we don't understand it, but we have to say we love your leadership. And your leadership is, is amazing. And like the Bible says, you do all things well. All things. And so, Lord, we just survey our lives for 10 seconds and we just go, you do all things well. And you always have. And I can trust your leadership for the future. And Lord, I trust those who you've put around me. I trust those who uh, you've put in my life. And I trust that you've qualified me to lead people in my brokenness. And Lord, I just thank you, um, Lord, that you are going to teach every one of us um, when to lead and when to develop. And Lord, if we found it easier to lead and harder to develop, then help us to peer into those who are starving to be developed right now. And Lord, um, help us to be able to lead and develop people um, specifically based on who they are. You're so specific with us. And so, Lord, would you impart to all of us and those listening, those watching right now, the ability to discern what people need. Like Paul, I gave you milk, but I fed you nonetheless. Or I gave you meat because I knew you could handle strong meat as for the mature. And so, Lord, help us to know how to lead and how to develop. And I just pray, Lord, that this, what we're talking about, that is the answer to breaking the orphan spirit. It's literally the answer to mothers and fathers who breed sons and daughters well. So, Lord, do this now with the new, lead, new breed of leadership that's raising up. Help mothers and fathers to know when to lead and when to develop. Help those sons and daughters to know, oh, this is a moment of development. I need to pay close attention. And so, Lord, we thank you for those who you've placed in our lives. And ultimately, we thank you for your leadership and for developing us so closely and intimately. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much for that. Thank you for spending time on this. I feel like it's one of those topics that really gets overlooked and and um, that's kind of a shame because everybody in every sphere of society in every season that they're in is leading something even if it's just themselves um, they're definitely leading something so take a moment think about who needs this and Veronique reminded me that if you're receiving this and someone sent it to you they're not like trying to jab you like the, the spouse at the marriage conference that's elbowing um, just you know share this with people that need to hear this message if it, if it strikes you and um, um, make sure you like, follow, subscribe. You can catch this on Spotify and YouTube and Apple and Google and, and where all the podcasts are. But let us know what you think. Let us know. Give us feedback on these episodes. We love hearing from you guys. And we appreciate you. And we'll see you on the next episode.